windows. The Bucks got all the right steps in Charleston. They now can try their slipper and see if it fits at the big ball. These Tennessee State Buccaneers, they're dancing, boys and girls. Perea lays it up. 1.4. Perea hits it. The pass is caught. Ready for the game winner. Wide left. Bucks win. Nook is spotting for three. The place is going to erupt. Oh, Deuce Bellow. He's going to make Sports Center with an incredible. Jarvis Jones, the game winner, got it. Ball game. East Tennessee State's going to leave on another. They got him. If he catches it, it's over. Ball game. Touchdown, Jawan Stinson. 25 yards. J.J. German for the win. He got it. J.J. German and the Bucks have shocked the Bulldogs. And the sidekick. Say hello to my new friend. What's your name, man? I told you. It doesn't matter what your name is. You're handsome. You have the perfect amount of scruff. And you still have no talent. It's Sandos and the sidekick on the Buccaneers Sports Network. Good Monday, Jay Sandos, Mike Gallagher. It will be a little bit of a jam-packed first part of the week. ETSU men's basketball tonight against Reinhardt. ETSU women's basketball Tuesday, tomorrow versus Liberty. And then the teams get a little bit of a breather. ETSU in action Saturday against UT Martin. And the women on the road at Asheville on Sunday. And so we do have uh, four games this week, correct? Thursday, isn't it? Oh, is that a Thursday? I'm pretty sure it's Thursday. Well, that shows you how much I know the schedule. Sure. I thought it was a well, Sunday. Well, you did sit down 10 seconds before the show started. So hey, I'm listen, I am sense. good at what I do, and I've been doing it a long time. So that is uh, – I was going to go a different way with that. But is okay. it uh, – no, it's Sunday. No, it is Sunday. Yeah, look at me. Look at sure? – and you're yelling at me about being 10 seconds – Late, and I knew when the date was. That's all I'm saying. I'm going to go down Thursday anyway. How about that? Yeah, just say, hey, it's a beautiful town. It is. A beautiful town. Beautiful they got drive lot, to get to the town. Lots of, lots of breweries. The uh, leaves have a full, fully changed, if not fallen, at this point in time. So, uh, But a good place to go. Plus, you can get prepared for the Southern Conference Tournament. If you really just want to get jacked yes. up several months ahead of time, you can <laughs> certainly can do that. I keep that kind of energy for four months. You challenge me, I will do it. Yeah, I think, I think absolutely you can. And... Uh, that's what we're going to do that's, uh, this whole week. So that's our week as far as uh, basketball is concerned. Now, Saturday, there were a couple of contests. ETSU uh, hosted Houston here in Brooks Gym at uh, 2 p.m. Then the Saturday evening game versus Wofford on the men's side of things, the rare uh, early December conference showdown, which was a little disappointing. And I'm sure whenever the – and, again, the basketball coaches – and people have been hammering the Southern Conference, and and I, and I get uh, somewhat where they're coming from, but I don't think they know the full story that the coaches in basketball sort of said, we don't want to play that that week of the tournament. We don't want to play that Monday. So that meant everyone had to get a game in before the full slate starts December 29th, and then you have to look at everybody else's schedules, and then they put a game on the on the board. And so that's sort of how the December 1st came around. It wasn't really the Southern Conference just looking at everybody and going, that's it, shut your mouth, that's what happens. Counterpoint that I think a lot of people will go with. Why could they not find a day during the actual conference season to just squeeze another in instead of putting the weird four weeks ahead of time or just right before the conference season where it's like December 27th or 28th? Well, again, it goes back to coaches voting on it. There's no three games this week. Nobody plays three games in one week, mm-hmm. and they didn't want to play the Monday before uh, the conference tournament. Last year, there were a couple times ETSU had three games in a week. There was also a time where uh, everyone played on that Monday prior to the conference tournament, and people were playing road games on Monday, getting back Tuesday, turn around Wednesday, and going to Asheville. And so they didn't want to do that. So when when you handcuff people that way, now you could also counterpoint that there's schools like VMI that can't play a Thursday in a regular season because their whole university has a uh, massive, I don't know what it, it's, an, uh, I don't know, a dedication of, of some kind where every student has to be on campus. They bring in uh, military dignitaries. There's a huge ceremony. I think it's for people that are graduating. So nobody plays on that day. That takes cool. one team out of – uh, that can't play on that day. Now, why they can't play on a Tuesday or Wednesday uh, and, and that, if that throws off the whole schedule. There's also another school in the league that is not a private school that um, uh, that can't play on a certain day for some reason as well. And so there's there's two weekends that are kind of loopy. So there, there are some things. But I will say this. The coaches had a say, all right? I, I do know that. Coaches had a say in what they didn't want. Now, what's going to happen is, 
this has been the alternate. It, it, it's always like, well, the other way, it wasn't any good. We hated it. And it <laughs> well, now let's see how people hate it. Right. You know, when it, when they play the early December. And some teams still haven't played their conference game. It'll right. be another week or so before they play their, their conference game there as well. I certainly don't like it. Um, and that's just personal opinion. And, and just to bolster my point here, I don't understand why it has to be Thursday, Saturday. I mean, like, between the 12th and the 17th of January. And, again, I'm just looking at ETSU schedule. It's not like I've broken down everybody else's schedule and said, this will work for everyone and I've got the perfect solution. By no means. This is just talk radio and this is what we do. We snowball. We do this kind of thing. But pretty much the entire conference schedule for ETSU is Thursday, Saturday, Thursday, Saturday, Thursday, Saturday. One Tuesday? That going to kill you? I, I mean, I, well, I, I, and, I and if you And if you look at it, there's actually the, the last week of the year. Um, Tuesday. ETSU. Sunday, see. Saturday. They go 24th to – so there's the Sunday and then the Saturday. They have the Thursday off, although I suppose there's a scheduled day off for everybody in the league, right? There, there is there is because of a tribal partner and this, that, and other. Which is fair. But you still could figure out and go, uh, you know, why couldn't you try to get the tribal partner like Furman Wofford to also end – and play that last week of the year, and then you could get another game in maybe on that. So ETSU has a long break right before uh, the end of that. Uh, so, I mean, there, you could look at the schedule, and I want to say there might even be one other spot in the schedule uh, where they have a, a – maybe not. Maybe it's the, that's the only time. Uh, but either way, there is a, a situation where ETSU could have got a game in there. So I don't know, you know, easy for schedule. The other hard part, I think, for some of it is there's there's two schools that don't – own their building, and we're one of them. So the conference schedule has to work around when can you play your home games, when can you not. And that's what Coach Forbes said about tonight's game. He's like, I didn't really want to play, but this is the time we get freedom. Yeah, and, and UNCG actually found out that uh, they that Greensboro Coliseum booked an extra event they didn't think they were going to get, so that's why ETSU is now playing Sunday. Right. Because UNCG is smart enough to say, we don't want to play at Fleming Gym. We're going to have a good crowd. It's been a great game. Sunday Let's play in the Coliseum. So the, then yeah, it got, it got moved year, yeah. to uh, to Sunday. So uh, there are some challenges there as well. And you just play 18 games in, in the, the number of weeks in the schedule. And, you know, teams did not want to play two conference games the week of Christmas and New Year's. So there were a lot of things thrown on the table. There were a lot of things turned right now. What happens is when you win that early game, right, oh, it's fine. It's fine. No big deal. If you're Wofford, well, we got that game in. You know, now we're able to get the rest schedule in. When you lose that game, you know, just like Western Carolina, tough uh, double overtime loss at Furman and had plenty of chances yeah. to win that game. Now you get in a situation where it's like, ah, oh, man, we had to play that game early. You know, Mercer lost at Citadel. I'm sure they're not happy about that as well. So uh, that that that's it. It's not, it's not totally the SoCon's fault. I'll just say that. Now, you know, do I think they could have come up with still different models and different things? I'm going to say yes, but it's not 100%. The SOCON is so ignorant and stupid. This is what it is. The coaches did have some say into why the schedule is a little quirky, um, and and there were plenty of coaches that were against that. Now there's some things ETSU voted for and sometimes voted against. Not all, as you'd imagine, you get coaches in a room. They don't always all agree on everything, and so that's uh that, that that's that's quickly how all that that went but ETSU does find themselves on the men's side behind the eight ball uh, and I will say this if you looked at the schedule and you said all right what are the toughest road games in the league this year I think everyone's gonna say at UNCG at Wofford at Furman right ETSU although they're still playing on the road it's always hard to win on the road blah 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 you still think, okay, th- those are winnable games. The other six road games are winnable. The other three, you know, where you could have an issue. So I'm I, I, not as fired up about the loss or, or the, there because it, it's just a tough – and ETSU stole one there last year, and they stole one there last year because Cam Jackson didn't play. You know, it had been a while since ETSU had won at Wofford, but with no Cam Jackson, ETSU was able in the middle of that, that big, long winning streak – to be able to, to, to make enough plays to win. And Cam Jackson and, and then really dominated inside. Steve Forbes was fired up towards the end of the game. You may not be fired up, but Steve was, and he talked about some of that post-game specifically focusing on right after the contest. The fact that we were able to get him on radio, by the way, after he got ejected uh, for the no-call on Bo Hodges, come back the other way. Fletcher McGee hits a three to end the game, essentially get ejected on the double T. The fact that we got him still, I was very excited about, just because I like to hear unfiltered thoughts. And Coach Forbes had clearly calmed down a bit, but still had some pointed words for his team. We played with about as much composure tonight as what I showed at the end, and it's zero. I'm so disappointed how we played. 
I give credit to Wofford because they caused us to play that way. We Their physicality just completely took us out of the game. It was It's embarrassing. Three guys on our team that went a combined four for 26 from the field. You know, and we shot 45% from three, so that tells you we shot incredibly bad from two. And we kept telling them, listen, kick it out, kick it out, kick it out. And we just kept throwing up bad shots because of their physicality. And then we're supposed to be the big bad rebounding team, and they out-rebound us by 13. I thought they just played way harder than we did, way tougher than we did. We, we fought back in it. We scrapped. But I thought they relaxed a little bit. You know, they probably did. And then we got back in it, and then, you know, we couldn't get over the top. And a lot of it had to do with what you just said and free throw shooting. And that's just, to me, is being mentally weak. Uh, I don't think it has anything to do with form. I don't have anything to do with whatever. I think it's all everything to do with your mind. And right now we got mentally weak people. That's when you go that direction, something that I don't ever like to put out on Twitter. I tweet out all the postgame quotes on at Buck Sports Radio. You can follow us on Twitter at Buck Sports Radio. That was one that I had typed out, and I was like, I don't think so. I just deleted it right out because it is an ETSU account. I'm like, I don't want that out there. But obviously, you know, it's going to get out there one way or another. It was over live radio, and we're going to use the soundbite here because Steve Forbes wanted to communicate that about his team. He doesn't have full confidence in the mental state of them right now. Yeah, and, you know, there's still – I think the biggest thing is, again, there are 10 guys, and if you include uh, Good and Rodriguez, 12 guys that didn't play together last year. And so there's still a little bit of feeling out. And the guy you expected to be the guy, Bo Hodges, was out for five, six games. And I know he got in there, and he looked a lot healthier than when I've seen him the last several weeks. He still didn't quite have it all there. But he's still learning to be the guy. They, they, they just don't have anybody – that can stop the bleeding, the leader that can just grab the bull by the horns and I'm not going to, you know, let refuse to let you lose. And there were some things ETSU did in that game that really were uncharacteristic, even that they didn't do at Creighton or they didn't do at Georgia State that I was shocked at. I, I think Coach is right that the more I've thought about it and uh, I haven't gone back to watch any of it yet, but I'm thinking, you know, just playing it back in my head, the physicality of the, the post just kind of, manhandling and probably getting away with a little bit here and there, but the game was called that way. So you got to know early if they're, if they're not calling it, they're probably not going to call it late. They, they didn't, which led to, you know, the infamous double T uh, showing the door. But I, I think it's very important to for those guys to realize, okay, if it's not called that way and if I'm not strong enough just to, to back them down as they were me, then either – pump fake, ball movement, kick the ball out. I, th- I think the stubbornness of a couple of the post players where they have had so much early success, they just didn't recognize it. It reminds me a lot last year when James Dickey had about a billion block shots and everyone was just like, you know what, we're still going to go right at him. Well, okay, maybe that hadn't worked the first half and he's got eight blocks in the first half. We should post-game. try something else. Yeah, Coach Forbes post game in that game, I remember, was just like, pump fake. Do something different because what you're doing isn't working. Now, those three guys he talked about that were four for 26, Trey Boyd, two for 12, Jerome Rodriguez, two for 12. Lodden Armas only took two shots. He was 0 of 2. There were some bright spots. Patrick Good, Isaiah Tisdale, Bo Hodges all shot above 50% in the case of Good and Tisdale combined. They were 11 for 14. Coach Forbes really liked how Isaiah Tisdale started the game. He was the one that wasn't afraid of competition. I mean, I thought he came out ready to go. He had 15 and a half. He kept us in the game. Bo you know, showed some flashes having for a guy that hasn't played a lot in a long time. You know, he played pretty well. Pat shot it, you know, pretty well. Those three guys together, five or seven, six or seven, six or 12, that's incredible. I mean, that tells you how poorly the rest of our team played, and it's a team game. Certainly there's a couple ways to look at it, right? They're that good, then everyone else is that bad. But the reason I'm not worried about it is you went five in a row without Bo Hodges. Like you mentioned, Bo is – that's his first game back. He's 6-12 from the field, has 15 points, five rebounds, a couple of steals – there's been no time with Bo Hodges to gel with everyone else. And with 12 guys that are stepping on the court for the first time together, 10 guys that are new to the program, this game just seemed poorly timed from where ETSU is in their maturation. They need some time to be all together. They need some time for Bo Hodges to really, with this group, either be the alpha or fit into his place, wherever that's going to be. I think many people think he is going to be the number one guy. I think that that's been an assumed thing coming into this year. Will it end up being the case? I'm not sure because he hasn't been necessarily the clear-cut top dog because he had the player of the year last year, DeSante Bradford. So with the maturation of this team where it needs to be in 2018-19, I think they're going to start to hit their stride right around that Furman game uh, on the 29th. But four weeks ahead of that, they're just not there yet, it doesn't seem like. Yeah, and I think, you know, a little bit of false insecurity, maybe that win at Georgia Southern. They, 
Bucks did a great job of getting Georgia Southern out of what they wanted to do. The one thing Wofford was able to do was exactly what they wanted to do. I mean, the, the game plan they had uh, was executed nicely. And, again, think about this. They only lost Derek Brooks off that team last year. I mean, that is it. And they still don't have uh, Trevor Stump, who's missing some time with an injury, who, who saw quality minutes and uh, against ETSU and was a starting power forward. And so now you have Kiva Luma has been starting for him all season. But the top – Seven, eight guys are all returning. Then they had Stump would be nine. Then they've added two pieces in Ryan Larson, the, the freshman point guard, and Chavez Goodwin, who didn't see a lot of time last year. Saw sparingly, and he may be the guy that may not see any time once Stump's back. But but they return everybody. I mean, think about this. Think about next year's ETSU team and how excited you're going to be as a Buck fan because the only person, unless something weird happens, the only person you lose is James Harrison. Everybody is back. Think about it. That's exactly what Wofford had going into this year. They had Derek Brooks, who was a senior guard, and he was in and out of the lineup a lot. Um, matter of fact, if you remember, he had a, a broken arm late in the year, barely played, came in sparingly in, in the game in Freedom Hall, which Wofford uh, beat ETSU. I mean, he was a non-factor uh, for them against the Bucks in his entire career. So essentially losing. That's who they lost. Right. That they, That's who they lost. They returned. All those other guys, uh, and and a couple guys were freshmen last year, and now sophomores, and, and so uh, and then of course Hoover now is a junior. Fletcher McGee's Fletcher McGee. Cam Jackson's a fifth year senior because he played four or five games and then took a medical red shirt as uh, what would have been his true sophomore campaign. So he's a fifth year red shirt senior. Pegram's been a four year guy for him. I mean, you just look across the board, and they've they they've built. You know, I know Coach Young made a lot of noise when he was making comments about. You know, uh, I think he was referring to Chattanooga, but everybody thought it was a shot at ETSU when, you know, going out and getting high school players, not taking all these transfers and, and all this other stuff. And I remember the fans were – but but I think he was actually saying that about Chattanooga. But people said, well, if, if you think that, you think that no matter who it is, who you think that about ETSU, say so got a little fired up. But he's done it his way, and that's his way. He's groomed people for, for years and junior seniors and filling gaps and – you know, they don't take many transfers, if any. And so all those guys have bought in, and they were very well disciplined on the offensive and defensive end. ETSU could not get them out of that. But just think about next year's team. And I know nobody wants to do that because we still got a pretty good basketball team this year. But that's what Wofford is. What ETSU has this year, losing a role player in James. Again, so unless something crazy happens, the only guy you're losing is James Harrison. And instead, uh, you know, you lose a role player there. They lost Derek Brooks. You return everybody. So that that's what you have to overcome. Think about everybody right now as they're figuring it out, and they do figure it out, and then next year, that's who you got. Well, certainly not ready to bury this team after one game. Still got this year, right? And there's a ton of a season to go, still non-conference games, and obviously a long conference season as well. And that anything can happen, obviously, when the tournament comes around. And uh, ETSU has shown that uh, in the last couple of years for them and against them. Fletcher McGee really had, I thought, a very Fletcher McGee-type game, 7-16, um, from the field, 5 at 12 from beyond the arc, 24 points, 3 rebounds. I think that's Fletcher McGee just playing how Fletcher McGee does, right? That's not a spectacular night for him. Right. It's just kind of a normal night where he drops 24, but uh, obviously one of the best shooters in the nation and, and had a good evening. Now we go into tonight's game against Reinhardt. Now, Coach Forbes, we have confirmed, not coaching tonight, correct, because of that uh, ejection? Correct. Okay, so he won't be available. Jason Shea will be the one, and we'll have him pregame. We'll have him postgame as well that will lead ETSU against Reinhardt. Well, no, no, I'm actually I, – I, and. I think we'll have Shea, but I'm trying to get over to shoot around early enough to see if Coach Forbes wanted to do pregame. <laughs> okay, okay. Wanted to do pre like pregame, that. or if he wants to go ahead and give me the – because he can do shoot around. He can do all that. Okay. Once um, once they start really getting – once they, what's the 60-minute clock starts or whatever that thing is, whenever the, the, the actual countdown clock to tip-off starts, gotcha. I believe he has to be gone. Now, Forbes may do what he said he's going to do and go recruiting or whatever. So, I, I'm not sure yet. I know Shea's going to be the guy in charge. He'll be doing – uh, that uh, and I, I have no trouble talking to Coach Shea, but I'm kind of curious if if Coach Forbes is at shoot around <laughs> here in a couple hours, if if I can get him maybe to do the pregame and Shea do the post. I bet it'll we'll be see. a little bit of a different demeanor from Coach Forbes, not having to coach the game, like you know, kind of doing whatever he's going to do during that time. I'd be interested certainly to hear a pregame where he doesn't actually have to go out and coach. Here's how Coach Forbes thought about tonight's game against Reinhardt. We haven't had a Sunday off in a long time, you know, because we keep playing these games like we have to play, so. Yeah, we'll come in tomorrow, we'll watch film, and there'll be a lot of film to watch, trust me. 
and then we'll have to walk through what they're doing and, and then get ready to play on Monday. You know, I didn't really want to play on Monday, but we, it's the only time we could get Freedom Hall. We got that game, then we got some days off, which we need. We need to get better. We need to practice. We need guys that have to come to practice with more consistent effort and change some of the things that they're doing. You know, you can harp and harp and harp and harp, but until you learn these lessons like this, you know, you got whipped, you know, by a good team, but it's not even a team that's picked to win our league, you know, so that's where we got we got a long ways to go. A couple of areas I'm sure Coach Forbes was disappointed in free throw shooting, 11 to 22, that's 50%. And then, you know, maybe that's going to come and go on a game-by-game basis. You're never going to be 85% at the line every game. Uh, but I'm sure that he would like to see some of those go down. Certainly could have changed the game. And rebounding, 36 to 23 on the glass when he said in one of the bites, you know, we're supposed to be this big, bad rebounding team. They're plus 13 on us. And that was uh, very surprising to see, I thought. I, I, out of everything that happened in the game, that was the number one surprising thing. And after a while, sort of like at Georgia Southern where we saw everyone get away from Jerome Rodriguez, it was a couple times where there were no white jerseys because the Bucks it was a blackout, so ETSU wore the, the white uniforms. There were several times the white uniforms didn't even go to the glass. Mm. And, and, and that to me, that's a uh, you're defeated at that point, right? And so that's exactly – Wofford had kind of broke the spirit or the will of ETSU as far as going to the glass on a, on a few of those. And, and then when the run happened, it, it kind of got back into it, and, and it might have been too little too late uh, at that point in time. But, you know, points off turnovers was, again, you know, something ETSU was good at, just didn't force enough of I mean, A lot of numbers you looked at and you're thinking, man, you held them to seven threes. You only had nine turnovers. Yeah. You were able to have more points off turnovers than them. You know, uh, shot the ball not awful. I mean, 40-some percent on the road or right at 40% maybe on the road from three pretty good number. Heck, you hit more threes than they did, right? Yeah, 9 to 20. Yeah, so you, you, there are a lot of – got to the free throw line uh, the almost exact same number of time they did yep. on the road in a conference game. I mean, you're feeling pretty good about a lot of that. And then all of a sudden you look and go, well, they hit 18 free throws to 11 for ETSU, right? Then you look at a couple other uh, just bad empty possessions and uh, rebounding another opportunity. I know I don't think the ETSU got crushed on second chance points, but just, you know, how that takes you out of your game because you get those extra rebounds. Yeah, they kind of did 18 to 3. Oh, was it? 18? Okay. Well, Well, then, yeah, then right there. You look at missed free throws, 11 points left on the board, and 15 extra points right there. There's the game. You do the math. I mean, forget about all the other numbers. So I I think that that is huge. The coach for blow up, I'm – he was over it by the end of the game, as you could tell. I enjoyed it. You know what? Stand behind your guys. I love that. At that point, you called it on the broadcast. It was exactly what I'm sure Coach Forbes was thinking. Three goes down from a game. Game's over. Well, what's the point then? And I know Coach Forbes didn't – I'm not saying go get ejected every game. but I, And I know Coach Forbes didn't know that he was missing this game. But you talked about it on the broadcast as well. Uh, it's Reinhardt tonight. Uh, you even went as far as to say as you could coach that team to a victory, which I, hey, I, maybe you've missed your calling. Maybe you should be a head basketball coach, but certainly a, a team in Reinhardt, if they were to come in and put up any kind of fight at all, it would be very concerning for ETSU. And if they kept it within 20 or 30, it would be, I think, a great night for Reinhardt. We're in what, Milligan's Conference, is that right? Yes, they're in the uh, Appalachian Athletic, the, the real AAC, That's right. if you will, right? You know what you told me, so. That's right. <laughs> the uh, Appalachian Athletic Conference, yeah. Matter of fact, they beat Milligan a couple games ago. Okay. Uh, 74-68. So, and they're off to a nice little start. They actually can shoot the basketball. A, a lot of those schools can, right? They, they're not going to have a lot of posts. You know, it's going to be another one of those where ETSU should dominate inside. They should rotate a lot of guys in. Should be a lot of, a lot of things. Uh, but. I think it'll be interesting to see how, how they respond. Do the starters get their points, try to get their points quickly and get in and out of there? Or do they, uh, uh, you know, kind of struggle a little bit with the hangover from Wofford? And they do get a nice little break before they take on the Skyhawks of UT Martin on Saturday. So uh, probably overdue for a break. Why do step aside for a timeout? When we come back, we'll talk a little women's hoops from Saturday and talk about their game coming up against it. We'll fully preview Liberty tomorrow, but we'll talk just a couple minutes about uh, looking ahead there. So still a lot to talk about on Sandos and the sidekick. We're back after this on the Buccaneer Sports Network. Congrats. You made it. Through National Ice Cream Day, National Hot Dog Day, and even National Sunglasses Day. 
You took on the heat, took care of the yard, and even took a vacation. But now it's October, and you finally have a chance to breathe. And with that chance to breathe also comes a chance for fun when you play new October Instant Games. Pick up one of four new games for a chance to win $1,000 up to a $1 million. Fall into some fun with new October Instant Games from the Tennessee Lottery. Game-changing fun. Please play responsibly. Wow, am I happy about my new Wow Rate e-checking account at Citizens Bank. I got a huge rate on my deposit and great account features. With that sort of a deal, I'm saving for much-needed bucks tickets to cheer on my team. Learn more about Wow Rate e-checking accounts at CitizensBank24.com. Wow Rate e-checking accounts at CitizensBank24.com. Go Bucks! Bank your own way. Citizens Bank member FDIC. Looking to promote your business but don't know the best avenue? Stand out from the crowd and go big with billboards. We're Allison Outdoor, and we're the new guys in town. Whether it's digital or traditional billboards, our locations span the Tri-Cities. If you're looking for high exposure for a day, a year, or anything in between, we have rates and packages for you. Call Nick Stickley for pricing at 423-360-4809 or allisonoutdoor.com. And go Bucks! Are you having fun at bath time? Mm, you smell fresh as spring. Hey, Frank, is this lettuce ready for the customers? No. No, not yet. Frank, they're perfect. Let go of the cart. No. Frank, now. But I didn't get to say goodbye. At Food City, our produce experts are passionate about offering the freshest fruits and vegetables around. We're Food City, and we're very picky about produce. Today and every day, the Johnson City Way. Johnson City Hyundai is proud to support East Tennessee State Athletics. Excellence in education, teamwork and trust, success and understanding. They are the core values that drive the ETSU Athletics program to excellence. ETSU Athletics and Johnson City Honda, a winning combination. The Johnson City Way. Today and every day, Johnson City Honda is committed to bringing the Tri-Cities a truly unique way to buy a new Honda or a certified pre-owned Honda. It's a way of business we like to call the Johnson City Way. When you come to Johnson City Honda, you can have the confidence in knowing you're getting a great deal along with outstanding customer service that will last long after the sale. We invite you to come by today and shop our outstanding selection of vehicles and experience a different way, an easy way, our way, the Johnson City way. Johnson City Honda, proud to support the ETSU Athletics Program. Today and every day, the Johnson City way. Johnson City Honda, Johnson City. Sandos and the sidekick. Back with you. Yeah, you're waiting. You're waiting to see if I'm going to mess that up because we just talked about it in a break, which I messed up on Friday because we had talked about it. So Sandos and the SoundCloud. Oh, <laughs> the sidekick's pretty good too. <laughs> They're both great. Yeah. All right. So there we go. Sandos sidekick talking a little bit uh, men's hoop last segment. We'll talk. Uh, about ETSU women's basketball this last game against Houston. They'll play Liberty on Tuesday. We'll have a full preview of that tomorrow for you. And then uh, later this weekend, a couple of games, ETSU men's game at home against UT Martin, the women's team on the road up in Asheville to take on the Bulldogs. Apparently so. on Sunday. I, have no yeah, idea. I, I still think it's Thursday. I don't uh, know. I, I think it's on the board in our office it's Thursday, and so I'm all kinds of confused. No. Sunday is a – play on Sunday usually? I'm kind of confused. I don't know. I'm all not, nah. I don't know. Not normally. I've all turned around. Not, Not normally, but uh, matter of fact, we need to double check all those schedules. That's though. probably. I guess I need to double check the <laughs> radio we, station. Now that we've come that. across yeah, the one, yeah, yeah exactly. I may, may need to double check that the uh, uh, radio station has the right schedule. I want to check that we have people in the studio. Yeah. Do we have studio covered Tuesday? Because I de- Saturday, uh, we, Sunday. We do. Well, we. I think on the schedule it's also Thursday, so I think that's so maybe where that I was confused. Yeah. Anyway, uh, Coach Azell. And the women, boy, they give a, a tough fight against Houston. Houston, a team in the American Athletic Conference. We talked about the real AAC being the Appalachian Athletic Conference. But the American Athletic Conference, the Division One version of the AAC that came along uh, second to the Appalachian Athletic Conference, uh, has the defending, well, no, not defending national champion, but uh, essentially always assumed national champion going into the women's basketball season. UConn, South Florida, and the only team that's in the top three with those 
to is Houston in the preseason projections. And 84-77, again, one of those games, Jay, and it's time and again this season, it seems like. You're right there. Uh, Cincinnati, you know, you're tight late. Uh, not so much Michigan State, but Radford, Troy, you know, three or four games now, you are right in it. And DTSU was tied with six minutes to go in this case. Got tied twice. And, again, I mean, this is kind of the same case with the men's game on Saturday. You're trailing a lot of the contest. You come back, and you're either a point down, you're tied, but you never can get just over that hump to get to the lead. And it's one of those things that sounds like, you know, when you hear from coaches, hear from media personalities, you expend, expend all that energy to get back to where you need to be, but then you can't get to that point where you really want to be, which is ahead. And ETSU was in that same uh, case. It was 65-65. It went to 6 no 6 nothing run with Houston, 71-65, and then they won. 84 to 77 and frustrating with all these late game results. And, it, you know, we listened, uh, I mean, Kevin Brown driving down to Wofford. Uh, we listened. And that was another one of those where it, it felt a little bit uh, actually what was going to come at Wofford because the women's team would fall double. It, was like, it seemed like they'd fall 10, 12, 15 down, yeah. kind of chip away, chip away. And then as soon as they'd get six, eight in a row, all of a sudden, boom, Houston would push it back out. Yeah. Then you spend a lot of energy. And the problem is when you spend so much energy catching up, sometimes if you don't get over that hump, that it's just very easy for uh, it, it to kind of go the other way. And, again, you know, still playing ETSU, playing with, without a – full complement of players on the roster. Still down three starters. You know, yeah. you're still trying to, to, to figure it out. Uh, you know, I thought at least it sounded like that, that uh, Houston did a good job of focusing in on Air Canes Overton, which is going to kill me when we get to our bold predictions a little <laughs> later. But yeah. uh, it sounded like that they were they were trying to keep an eye on her. Obviously, she's the one that had the, that had the biggest impact the last two, three, four games. So, uh, and, and also when you talk about post-play, when you step up in level, right, and no, no matter if women's or men's, it's just a different animal, you know, uh, and there's not that many post players around. You know, you look on the men's side, I mean, there might be a lot of six eight guys, but there's not a lot of six eight two sixty 260 that – that can also be agile, right? Those guys are going to a higher level. Same thing. You may have a six one, six foot two post player at the mid major level, but their skill set is way different than when you play in AAC or SEC, ACC, any of those top top competitions. So again, I'm sure there were some things there that caused some problems for ETSU. Although it did sound, Alexis uh, Spears showed again what type of dominant player she could be inside. Gosh, I mean, she gets position against seemingly anybody, and once she's down there, I'll say this: a lot of posts at this level, as you say, they'll be able to get position, but they have trouble finishing consistently. Where Alexis Spears, every time. She catches the ball. She's got great court awareness, so she knows exactly where she is and exactly what she needs to do to put it in the bucket. She had 21 points on 10 of 13, and the last couple of games she's averaging you know, a point a minute, and her points per 40 are like 23 per game, which is now ahead of Erica Haynes-Overton for tops on the team. So, yeah, she's only playing 13 or so minutes per game right now because Brittany Azell sounded like in one of our postgame interviews she said that, you know, Alexis has to realize this is a lot different place than she was and what's required to be successful in this league and with ETSU. And so I think she was struggling against her a little bit there early on in the season, but you've seen her in the last few contests go double figures in each. She is a force to be reckoned with and I thought had the best game of any post player on the court against Houston um, on either side of the ball. That being said, Houston did crash the glass specifically offensively. I think it was 21-9 to on the offensive glass. And so second-chance points really hurt ETSU. Um, Houston is third in the nation in steals. They got 14 from the Bucks, Though, while they forced 26 turnovers, ETSU forced 24 turnovers. So that was kind of a wash. And you say Erica Haynes over is going to hurt your bold predictions, but, yeah, she was 3-16 of from the field. Almost had a quadruple-double. Eight steals, eight rebounds, seven assists with her 11 points. I mean, just insane how she packs the stat sheet even when she doesn't have a quote-unquote you know great offensive game she's still affecting the game in so many other ways but oh man it's just difficult in the sense that ETSU gets to the precipice but then just can't put a game away that being said the last three games they really have come around offensively it seemed like 74 and then 95 against Appalachian State and then against Houston they scored uh, 77 as we said and Coach Azell sees plenty of growth to take forward from that loss. If we keep them off the glass, and that's their MO, they play off turnovers, they attack the glass, they don't shoot a real high percentage from the floor on the first shot, it's the second one. Um, when I was growing up, they call that padding your stats. Right. But, uh, you know, we held their leading scorer, who's one of the nation's leading scorers, to five points. And we let a couple others 
uh, get free uh, on some step backs and on some broken plays. But we had 19 assists on the, on the heels of 20 assists the other night. There's so much growth there, Mike, that it's hard for me to be upset. And she was talking about growth, not just in the sense of assists and sharing the ball, but as opposed to last year, lose by 19 on the road against Houston, 88-69. to You know, have them on the ropes here at Brooks Gym. And then also just growth from the beginning of the year where they lost eight in a row to these last three games like we talked about. So Coach Zell is still finding positives. And with being shorthanded, as he said, no Jada Craig, no Micah Sheets, no Anajay Stephanie, no Shania Jackson, specifically in the backcourt, very shorthanded. Coach Zell is really preaching effort to her team to make sure that they're doing everything they can with a thin bench. Be great at things. Be great at things that don't require talent. Rebounding is a hustle stat. Assist is an unselfishness. It's a willingness to give to your team. Steals, you can get after the ball and dive on the ball. And rebounding is just want to. I mean, it's just want right. to. you got to want to block out. you got to want to go get the ball. But we're trying to be great at things that require no talent. Our attitude's great. Our enthusiasm's great. Our connection is great. We're getting there. My favorite thing in sports ever is want to. I love it. to. Because it's so true. It's do do who wants to do it, right? And you you can see it all the time, especially on a loose ball. Which player, not even a team, but which player is willing to go get it, to fight for it, to go do it? Where's the want to, right? I mean, there's a lot of fight and hustle, and you can make amends for just having enough want to, you know, and that's. I love that saying. I'm glad she uses that saying because that's a, it's one of my favorites. It just sometimes the game came down to want to. Who wanted it bad enough? Who did the little things to scrap? You know, especially if they're two evenly matched teams. But if you're going to pull off a win against a higher level team, you have to have that want to factor more than the other team. And to her point, and to your point, rebounding is something that didn't go ETSU's way on Saturday against two top 40 rebounding teams in the country in. Uh, Troy and Appalachian State, ETSU out-rebounded those two teams. And I know those are still mid-major schools and all, but you look at the stats, and so maybe they aren't you know, rebounding against the top-level teams, whatever the case may be, but you look at the stats at least early, and those teams were better rebounding teams than Houston. Houston just really did a great job of out-tempoing a lot of teams and crashing the offensive glass and taking the ball away. But if they wanted it against Troy and Appalachian State, which they clearly did, you had to bring that into Houston, and it can be difficult, too. And you know this, watching basketball for as long as you have, calling games, talking to coaches. When a team has you know, a broken floor a lot, sometimes it's difficult to guard against those offensive rebounds. If you miss a two-on-one layup, you've only got one person down there that was challenging the yeah. shots. So it's going to be tough to get that rebound. So there's a lot of things to play into it. Yeah, and there's a lot of times that you sell out, too. I mean, that was one thing I think that hurt ETSU early because Wofford, on the men's side, there was a lot of ball movement. And because there's so many shooters, sometimes you're scrambling out to a shooter and everyone's kind of going from one block to a corner and then the, nobody's on the backside. And so then you get those cheap rebounds. I don't know, not cheap, but you get a easy rebound. Where there's, you don't have to beat anybody out for the ball. You're just there. Right. And then you can get an easy putback with nobody there. As Coach said, padding the stats, right? That was her turn. Same right. thing. Like there's occasionally, you know, there, there was an opportunity there. You know, what helps a team is if you can stay even on the floor, but those those odd man rush, the four-on-three, three-on-twos, two-on-one type deals, you know, if you do even play good defense to make a miss a shot, sometimes, uh, again, comes down to one-two. Did your teammates get back to help you rebound, or did they kind of milly-mally and kind of stop at half court waiting to see if it went in while the other team had a couple people still crashing the glass? Absolutely. That happens as well. So uh, I think she made great, great points. Um, uh, to to that as far as the the effort and hustle and the steals and all that good fun stuff and you know again shorthanded I, I mean I, and she's not making I didn't hear her make an excuse maybe she she said something about it that you didn't run but I didn't hear an excuse made it's just here's what we got to do to win so I love that um, and the truth is she could come out here and whine and cry and go my goodness we've got this who we're missing this is why we're yeah. not this and it's what we do but that, that hasn't been it and then they're going to have another test you know again very quickly on Tuesday yeah. I mean that break may not come up fast enough for you know we'll rattle off like three four games in a row I mean you look at it Liberty on the road at Asheville back for uh, North Carolina A&T on the road at Duquesne on the ra- road at Tennessee then you get a little bit of a breather for Christmas play high point at home and then you get you know, so, so what, what you, we did, you did the math a couple shows ago. I think it was th- one game in three and plus weeks. Yeah. 
Because you go from December 21st, Tennessee, then you got seven days off the 29th, and then you're not playing again until the 12th, and that's Chattanooga. And <laughs> you better be fully prepared for that because you hadn't beaten Chattanooga since 2011 until last year when you beat them twice. Yeah, and, you know, try to keep the win streak going. You know, and, yeah, absolutely. You know, it's uh, once you get in the conference play, right, that's the whole argument. You yep. play this type of schedule. She scheduled uh, Coach Ezell the best of the best because – Felt like her team could handle it. Obviously, if she'd have known some injuries would have happened, maybe would have rethought some things. But how how do you know that, right? You, nobody knows that. You can't predict that. And I know it's sports and this that and other. But you play that type of schedule. So then when you go play Chattanooga, you've seen it all before, and Chattanooga's going to throw nothing at you. And the truth is your team's won the last two, so there's not that. You know, a lot of times you were battling the name on the front of the shirt before you stepped out on the floor. Right. right? And it was just mentally – can you get over that hump? Well, they got over that hump twice last year. Now can they make it a situation where Chattanooga has to figure out a way to beat ETSU instead of vice versa? Liberty is a team that was a big South power for a long time. This is going to be their first season in the A-Sun. And like you said, we'll talk more about them tomorrow. All right, we'll talk about that tomorrow. Next segment coming up on Sandos and the Sidekick. Don't forget to download us on SoundCloud and on iTunes. And uh, tomorrow's show. Angry Man, right? We'll talk Liberty. We'll talk Angry Man. Uh, we got we got a guest, right? Yeah, we'll talk about that a little later too. So uh, we also got to go over bold predictions today. I don't want to yada yada the rest of our show today. We got bold predictions, and next segment Pros is versus. oh yeah yeah your favorite segment not Gary mine. Dolphin featured. Stick oh yes, all right. We'll step aside for a timeout on Sandoz and the Sidekick on the Buccaneers Sports Network. Ballot Health is an integrated health care system built to meet the local needs in Northeast Tennessee and Southwest Virginia. Together with community, we are transforming our region. We're making communities healthier. We're expanding access to critical services in rural areas. And we're investing in health research and medical education. It's your story. We're listening. Ballot Health is proud to be the official health care provider of ETSU Athletics, Go Bucks! The Carnegie Hotel is Johnson City's only AAA four-diamond property that is unique, tranquil, and brimming with character, just adjacent to East Tennessee State University. When it's time to dine, Wellington's Restaurant in the Carnegie Hotel is the place to be, serving breakfast, lunch, and dinner in grand style. And why not come indulge yourself at Austin Springs Spa, located right inside the Carnegie Hotel. East Tennessee's premier full-service spa provides everything you need to rejuvenate, revive, and renew. The Carnegie Hotel, 1216 State of Franklin Road in Johnson City. Wendy's has an all-new... You had me at Wendy's. Good, because Wendy's has a new bacon cheeseburger, and it's called... You had me at bacon. Well, what if I told you Wendy's kept going and added a smoky, tangy sauce, and it's called the Sawsome Bacon... You had me at Sawsome. It's called the Sawsome Bacon Classic. Sawsome Bacon Classic? Sounds amazing. Why didn't you just say that from the start? Also, if you download the Wendy's app, you'll get special offers like $2 off any combo. Huh, well, now you have me downloading the Wendy's app. At participating Wendy's for a limited time. Mulligan Hardwood Flooring is a beautiful addition to any room. Enjoy the luxury of hardwood flooring in your home with Mulligan's pre-finished, sold, or engineered, ready-to-install selection of beautiful hardwood flooring and a wide variety of domestic and exotic species. Please visit the following Johnson City locations to learn more. Dockery's Floor Covering, House of Paneling, Carpet and Door Mart, and K&M Flooring. Kingsport locations include Dalton Direct Carpets, Custom Floors by Carlin, El Providence Flooring and Paint. Visit the Smile Floor Service in Bristol. Trust the clear leader in quality hardwood flooring, Mulligan Flooring. Over the last 70 years, Johnson City Power Board has had a few different looks. But we've remained the same trusted partner you rely on. Now, we've changed our name to Bright Ridge to match our vision, to deliver on our promise of great service you can count on, embracing common sense technology to strengthen the communities we serve. We're glad to be your public power provider. Bright Ridge, new name, renewed promise. Learn more at brightridge.com. New coach, new era, new day. Hear from ETSU football headman Randy Sanders all fall on the ETSU Coaches Show now on Wednesday nights. If you're scared by all the change, don't be. Voice of the Bucks, Jay Sando, still host from Wild Wing Cafe, and it's still a 6 o'clock start now every Wednesday throughout the football season. Morristown native and new ETSU football head coach Randy Sanders on the ETSU Coaches Show right here on WXSM AM 640. The Extreme Sports Monster. Pros. Buckle up for Kobe. Kobe Bryant just sucked the gravity out of the target.
right center. What a play. Five seconds left in the game. Do you believe in miracles? Yes! In your life have you seen anything like that? In the deep left center for Mitchell. And we'll see you tomorrow night. High fly ball into right field. She is gone! In a year that has been so improbable, the impossible has happened. Edmonds hit 42 home runs during the regular season. And we are going to game seven in the National League Championship Series. The out on the field. He's going to go into the end zone. He's going to go into the Bears. The Bears have won. The Bears have won. Versus Jays. I need a shower. Oh, Jay Sandos, Mike Gallagher with Pros the worst segment. I, I don't. There's about seven worst segments. This has got to be one of them. Well, well, you enjoyed it last week because it wasn't shredding you as hard as it usually does. Uh, that's fair. What was it last I, week? I mean, I, can't really I don't want to bring it up, but I do love me some me. Yeah. Well. I don't know what it was last week. I can't remember. It was oh, it was so the uh, uh, Tucker versus Kick Six. Oh, yeah, that's right, because of the Iron Bowl. There were a yeah. lot of connections to that yeah. week. Yeah, it yeah. was great. Yeah. 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 Uh, the, I, I heard you and Coach Forbes talking off-air about, because uh, Coach Forbes is up from the Iowa area uh, in Iowa and has a lot of ties there, of course, still. And Gary Dolphin, uh, which is a great name. I yeah. mean, it can't be his real name, I wouldn't think. And oh, yeah, why, sure it is. Why, why, would, <laughs> why, would, why you would pick an alias of Dolphin, I'm not quite sure. But Gary Dolphin is a phenomenal name. He had some uh, issues with a hot mic. I think it was two weeks ago now, maybe last week, uh, early last week on an Iowa Hawkeyes broadcast. He is the voice of the Iowa Hawkeyes, works for Learfield, and apparently some technical difficulty, said Learfield. My guess is that the difficulty was the person running the board forgot That's to do That's what usually something. happens. That's what I would think. And so, This is why I fired Jacob at least every third day. <laughs> and I'm thinking that this person that was running the board probably does not have a gig at Learfield anymore either. But a hot mic catches Gary Dolphin with, I don't think, Super egregious words, but certainly some that Iowa Learfield, his employers, would not be so happy to hear. Iowa down six at the half, 46 to 40, needing to clean some things up defensively. Back with our Budweiser halftime show in a minute. This is Hawkeye basketball from Learfield. He's pretty good, too. Yeah. How, how do we not get anybody yeah. like that? So Gary Dolphin and analyst Bobby Hansen, uh, you can hear him kind of going back and forth on basically the other team they're playing that night has three freshman guys, true freshmen, and a couple of them are just killing the Hawkeyes. And then uh, I can't remember the name he said, but Macy, you know, whoever the player is for Iowa, he's like, this guy just dribbles head down into a double team <laughs> year after year. We can't so get it. The, so he's, he's crushing Fran that's McCaffrey. That's the only thing I think that like, because he just called the – now it's not – I think the Fran McCaffrey thing – Him, and, him, and, Fran, Fran him and Fran don't get along. So, okay. so, so that's the piece of the puzzle that you don't know is the fact that they don't get along. Now, well, nobody gets on Fran McCaffrey in fairness. He's been at Greensboro. He's been at Siena. He's been at, he, he has a hard time getting along with humans. So that's a Fran McCaffrey issue, but but they don't have a great working relationship. And the athletic director alluded to that, the ongoing tensions, which a lot of people crushed the athletic director for because they said this would have just been a blip on the radar, two-game suspension is what Gary Dolphin got. But you said ongoing tension, and now there's all this mystery around it. Like, what do you mean ongoing tension? What, are you just going to throw Gary Dolphin and kind of the basketball program under the bus even more because there's these things that no one knows about? And so the two-game suspension, and uh, obviously you know then that Fran McCaffrey and Gary Dolphin don't get along, and those could be the ongoing tensions. Well, the other thing I, I, I found was interesting was that a I think the AD tried to get rid of Gary, and that was the excuse to get rid of him, and the backlash from the fan base. Because as you know, 
once you become a voice of something and been there long enough with clout and 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 ETSU and me, not the same thing. John Ward in Tennessee would be the same thing. John had been there 40 years. There are people across the state that associated John with the university more than coaches with the university. Right. When you get to that status, then you have more say. And um, I, I think it, it, it's it's – it's unbelievable. It's not having a finger on a pulse. ADs come and go, especially at big schools. And the ADs like, all right, I don't, probably don't like Gary to begin with, is my guess, right? And him and Coach McCaffrey, because he hired McCaffrey as his guy, he's going to ride his guy. He's going to be able to say, look, you, I'm going down with the ship with you, sir. If we win and lose, so if you don't like him, I don't like him. I'll get rid of him. That's what I'm going to do. All of a sudden, the backlash from the fan base, right? I mean, a story out there that an Iowa booster put $12,000 into a radio <laughs> ad supporting the suspended announcer. If that doesn't tell you. And Learfield asked him not to air it. So Learfield isn't even on the side as much as the fans of Iowa and boosters are on the side of Gary Duffin. So to your point. So I, I, I th- and the truth is probably Learfield doesn't like him. Learfield doesn't like him. He didn't like him. I mean, they're trying to do whatever. But the truth is the fan base, right? He's he's got. If you've got the entire fan base at your fingertips going, you have to. It would literally, and it's maybe not the same thing, but it would be like Vin Vin Scully who would never do that, but he said something bad, and all of a sudden the new. Dodger GM and president like, you know what, Vin, we're getting rid of you. Do you not think oh. the, the whole Dodger oh. or the world would be all over that, right? right. Like you're not doing that. So, and Gary Dolphin in the state of Iowa is the state of Iowa and has been for 20-plus years and has built up enough cloud and thing. And and the, here's the thing about Gary, and I, I, and I had Coach Forbes because obviously I, I've heard of Gary. I, I, if I've heard his calls, I wouldn't know it just – Truth, truth sure. be told. Yeah. And I asked him, he said, well, the best thing about Gary is that he's very unorthodox because he will talk trash to the other team. <laughs> he, he, is that, he is that perfect Iowan where he, he is the every man's man. He gives you exactly how he feels, and there is not a lot of professional things in the broadcast, but it plays well there. That's how he's made a living, and people eat it up. Right. And so that's his shtick. That's his deal. You can see why Learfield probably doesn't like it. You can see why the AD doesn't like it. You certainly see why the head coach doesn't like it. But for the He's fan base. He's got an yeah. There, and, and they're feeling the same thing. Hey, Coach McCaffrey, why don't we get a point guard? He's saying the same thing. Now, he didn't, the fans. Normally you say it on air, this was not um, – on air, and no. he didn't mean for it to go out. It was on air, but it wasn't supposed That's to. That's right. It, it was not meant for on right. air, and he was just trying to just have a conversation. And as a broadcaster, there are plenty of times, uh, me and everybody else, and I told Coach Forbes that. I said, well, you know, I said, there are times I'm sure when my mic is off and I'm immediately frustrated with something, I probably said something. I said, I don't know how much I call for people to do what. And I said, I know I've never said on air of any of our coaches, man, why don't we go get this guy? And I can't believe you brought that guy in. I no. said, I've never done that. I said, I've been more frustrated of, oh, how did he, how did he miss a shot? Or, or how did we not do that? I said, I'm sure, you know, thinking out loud of frustrations, I've done that. And there's probably a billion stuff out there. I said, to my knowledge, nothing's made air. But I could see where I could get in trouble for something more like that than than what they went a route that they did. But I'm not above it. No broadcaster is above it. They probably all did it. I mean, even you doing minor league baseball, I'm sure at some point in time, like you're like, ah, oh, what, well, 0-2, uh, 0-2, or, or 3-0, they gave him the green light, and he swung at that pitch, right? you got to break. How does a guy swing at a ball over his head, right? right. We've all had those random thoughts. Right. That another. So, poor Gary. I'll say this. There have been some close calls. Being back in studio for the football and men's basketball games, specifically the football games because you've got Matt Wilge, you've got Robert Hart, you've got other people you can bounce stuff off of Mm -hmm. at those broadcasts. There have been some close calls where we've gotten you off air just in time so something doesn't go over, but it is not anything where you're attacking a specific player, specific coach. It's just general frustration. So I never say anything about officials. Until we go to break. <laughs> right. Yeah, I am right. always the pro's pro there. Wow, the guy did this, guy did that. Because to me, A, a it's me whining, right? It, it, it's what it is. It's me being a fan and whining. Who's the basketball than... official that you don't say that he's terrible, but he's at a lot of ETSU men's basketball games. Um, you want me to say it on air now? Well, you're, you're, you're trying to bait I, me I into just, this? What are you doing? No, I, it's because it's recent. He was at one of our games recently, and you mentioned his name. And I looked on Twitter, and there were just a myriad of tweets from ETSU basketball fans just like, here's this guy again. And I can't remember who it was. but oh, it was uh, Carl Hess. Carl Hess, yes, that is it. Uh, you, and I'll, I'll give you credit. You, don't, you didn't say during the broadcast at all, 
God, is Carl Hess killing us. But you said off the front, oh, our old friend, Carl Hess. <laughs> so you can kind that, of okay. tell. So that's exactly there. how you know when I give you one of those kind of, yeah. oh, there's our good buddy, or it's good to see, it's usually not. Here's uh, a, a hot mic from the Buccaneer Sports Network that did catch a not-so-fortunate moment, and you're going to have to explain it to people because I was not here when it happened. I have a very brief clip <laughs> of what happened, but uh, hot mic. Oh, it was Steven actually Lombarger. back in studio. And from what I understand, this was not the look that we were going for. Go ahead, Jacob. Well, he's obviously separated his up. shoulder. <laughs> So, What's North Florida, it's the, it was in the Dome, it was North Florida, and uh, so this was back in the early days of the, the A-Sun and the digital network with the Atlantic Sun. So, mid-2000s? Uh, yeah, and, and so we would actually stream the radio over the video because nobody was doing a separate video broadcast back then. Okay. So, our actual video feed would have the radio call. A- every school did. Yeah. And we try to time out the break so everything matched up best you could, and and we had a lot more say over over everything now. Where like ESPN three, you just can't do it; it's just not feasible. Right. So kind digital network we can, but we can't with the other. So, uh, good buddy Stephen Lombarger was in the in the studio, and uh, one of the guys from North Florida had came in with that big shoulder harness thing, uh. right. And he, he went in for a steal, <laughs> and it was a collision, Ooh. and then he is thriving in pain. I mean, there there are that there's he is physically not screaming but there are some noises and motions that he is in pain with that shoulder thing okay and um steven yes steven as we go to break gives it the suck it up now he thinks he's in queue which is the best part right there's literally one button difference. That's right. That's right. There's one button where guys are in my headphones and nobody can hear them but me, the, the magical IFB Q button, whatever you want to call it. And then there's the on-air. And he, he happened to hit the on-air. So the worst part of that, next day I get an email from the athletic director of North Florida that was watching. <laughs> I get an email from the president of North Florida who was listening and the mother of the player oh. all listening. Oh. So I have to – Sent a response back. And I will say this. All of them were overly complimentary of me and the look of Because we, as we still are, the most advanced team in our league for how we handle the video side of things. Right. And the production quality. Yeah. Always have been. I've always, I've never been the the homer homer. Now, clearly, I think everyone knows I get mad when ETSU does something bad. And I'm letting everyone get good. But I'm not the, if a guy makes a great play, makes a great play. You know, I'm going to give you, you know, a call that's due. I'm not going to whine and cry if we lose. Well, ETSU played eight on five. You know, I'm not going to give you any of that crap, right? So I had to send a message back, and I'm like, I even called the mother on the phone. I sent an email back to the uh, AD and the president, and I said, listen, I said, uh, I said, I'm not making an excuse. I said, it's it's inexcusable. I'm not even going to tell you how it happened. It just did. I'm very sorry. He will be punished. He's a student. He's non-paid, but he will be punished. He will no longer travel uh, to the games for the rest of the year. And Steven used to occasionally travel. Yeah. Now, we, we didn't have a drawable game the rest of the year, so he wasn't going to travel anyway. So it's a little bit of uh, very smart. A little bit of a, and and he was one of my two free help for the entire year. Mm. So I couldn't quite do anything with him, but right. it was enough that that they were fine with that. And then I called the mother personally to say, look. That's embarrassing. You know, it was, it was a student. It was a kid. Still doesn't make it better. And she eventually said, I understand it was it was boys being boys. Just at that moment when my son was actually hurt to hear him say something, and I, I get it. So it, it it ended up working out okay. But that, uh, that that's – and we, we've kept great, that for years. Uh, it makes for a great two we've or three We've kept seconds. that for years yeah. uh, j- just so I can show people, like, hey, when you think your mic is not off, boom, you hit the button. And and there it is. So uh, that is a yeah. That was old Stephen Lombarger. Good well, buddy. He's obviously of ours. separated his shoulder. <laughs> I mean, kidding. Just that is so plain, right? It's so oh, here I and you can hear it in my voice. Well, he's obviously got his. I mean, because he had already had the harness. He's had shoulder problems. His uh, shoulder has been dislocated in and out so many times. Oh. All these like Mel Gibson and uh, Lethal Weapon or whatever, just trying to throw the thing back in. And The anyways. timing of it is just yeah. phenomenal. That was great. Well, he's yeah. obviously separated Suck his shoulder. Up. Oh, it's just right over the top. Yeah, okay, that's fantastic. All right, let's Pros go. Versus Bold predictions after this timeout yeah. on Santos. 
and the sidekick. Can I your name? I don't know what your name is. All right, this is the Buccaneers Sports Network. Let Ferguson's knowledgeable product experts kick off your next kitchen or bath project with the latest in touch and hands-free faucets. High-performance gas ranges. Or low-decibel dishwashers. They're really quiet. Request your appointment today at fergusonshowrooms.com. The best decision ever. Visit your local Ferguson showroom at 1000 Quality Circle in Johnson City and choose from an extensive lighting collection of the most sought-after brands. Find the one-of-a-kind fit for your home at Ferguson. Purchasing a new home, remodeling your home, First Bank and Trust makes applying for a loan easy. Our online application process is designed to allow you to stop anytime and pick up where you left off when it works for you. And after you submit an online application, you can check your loan status anytime. Visit or call me, Rose Fulton, today for help with your purchase, refinance, construction, or home loan. We're there for all your mortgage needs because we're your bank for life. Equal housing lender, member FDIC. This is the Pepsi that your father drank and your grandfather drank. When I was your age, we were. This is the Pepsi that your Uncle Ted drank when rock sounded like this. This is the Pepsi for American pastimes. Whether you're tailgating at a speedway or courtside watching your favorite player make a breakaway, he scores! This is the Pepsi for those who are forever fun. This is the Pepsi for every generation. Known for its personalized service and friendliness, the environment at the Johnson City Country Club is comfortable, casual, and inviting. One of the greatest assets is the beautiful clubhouse. From the sweeping verandas, the fireplace in the massive ballroom, to our intimate private dining rooms to our 19th hole. The clubhouse accommodates all desires. For decades, the Johnson City Country Club has been host to numerous wedding receptions, business meetings, golf outings, and an array of social functions. The setting is ideal for any event in any season. Whether your function is large or small, your guests will enjoy a fine dining experience with professional, courteous attention. The Johnson City Country Club, a tradition since 19. No one knows better than the Bucks what it takes to compete on the college level. No one knows better than Bullseye what it takes to compete in the business market. At Bullseye, we provide innovative products and services to help our customers meet their business objectives, and you can count on us for graphic design, printing, mailing services, and much more. Bullseye, a preferred partner of the ETSU Athletic Department. Call Bullseye in Johnson City at 423-283-7772 or visit us on Hanover Road near Cheddar's. Bullseye. For all your printing needs. LeBron is a Laker. Four-year, $154 million, a max deal. I'm ecstatic. I think it was the right situation, the right call for him to make. He wasn't going to get anything accomplished in Cleveland. That was obvious. ESPN has announced the network's new broadcast team for the 49th season of Monday Night Football. Former Dallas Cowboys tight end Jason Witten, who recently announced his retirement after a 15-year pro career, so immediately jump into the analyst role. LeVar Ball's big baller brand has gotten an F rating from the Better Business Bureau. The Browns dropped the ball all year long. Unfortunately, a team, a coach, an organization, not good enough to earn one win. The only win in the last two years came on Christmas Eve. Now here we are on New Year's Eve, talking about a team that will go down as one of the worst in NFL history. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. A simple wrong would have done just fine. Bold. Jacob, you can go ahead and just yeah, just, right just would, would you please We're just shred us, here. just shred us, just and we won't even with. talk. Oh, that's the best thing I've ever heard in my life. Um, well, let's just go and get started with it then, Jay. You said Erica Haynes-Overton would score 20-plus against Houston. She only scored 11. You were wrong. Let's just keep going with Jay here because he was pretty bad again. As you <laughs> men's basketball, uh, you said they would at least get 20 points off turnovers. They almost got there. I believe they ended up with 14. And then your big um, FCS playoffs pick, Nickel State over Eastern Washington on the red turf. Nickel State fell 42-21. to 21, So even though you can't really say nothing about it. Just when I think you couldn't possibly be any dumber. So I mean, up, they were up 14-3, but go ahead. You were. They, then Eastern Washington scored 39 on eight. Yeah, that's fair. The fighting Cooper Cups. Uh, you're now 8-33 and 33 on a year batting 195. Mike, you said ETSU men's basketball uh, Trey Boyd would get a new career high. He only ended with five points in their loss <laughs> to Wofford, so you were a tad off there. Yeah. And then you said Northwestern would take down Ohio State in the Big Ten Championship. They gave a really nice battle. The fighting Pats Fitzgeralds did. They fell 45-24. to 24. You stubborn, stupid, silly man. 
And then, uh, Mike, you said in your NFL pick, Raiders over Chiefs. You were close. And that was before some of the other issues with the Chiefs, but still, 40 to 33, Kansas City. Just when I think you couldn't possibly be any dumber. Are you done? So, Thank um, you. Yes, you, you are, are done. You're, uh, okay. You got 12 white, 12 right, excuse me, they're back to real I'm still all right with that. I, I thought that my Chiefs pick was going to pay off with that, with Oakland getting the upset. 33 to 30 late. Uh, after Trey Boy got the first two points of the game for ETSU, I was like, oh, buddy, here we go. And then he didn't have a point for like 28 minutes. And I was like, I don't know what happened, but I mean, I, we'll I, have better days. I mean, I, I think uh, I should be credited since Overton had 11, 8, 8, 7. If you add all that up, that should be at least worth 20 points, right? Well, she she assisted on 16 more, 11 I, I, plus 16, yeah, 27. I, mean, I think that's a win. See, Mike agreed. Jacob, no, put no, it down. I don't, no, 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 Mike agree. agreed, Jacob, put it down. I'm keeping, it my, down. I'm keeping my lead, 12 to all 8. All right. Hitting three hundred, baby, three hundred. So, tomorrow we're talking college basketball, Woo! ETSU women's in mid-major college basketball. Angry man, and then look at top twenty-five Sandos next week. Sandos and the sidekick. Tomorrow. <laughs>